You're listening to the Product Podcast from Product School, featuring the best product leaders from Silicon Valley and beyond. If you're an aspiring product manager looking for your first PM role, or an experienced PM looking to level up your skills and advance your career, visit productschool.com to learn about our certifications and how we'll get you there. This episode is brought to you by Amplitude, the pioneer in digital optimization software that helps product leaders answer the question, how do our digital products drive our business? 1,400 plus customers, including Atlassian, Instacart, and Under Armour, rely on Amplitude's product analytics. Get started at Amplitude.com. In today's episode, we're getting back to the basics with Google product leader, Manosai Arabathini. There are so many different types of product manager roles out there, but when it comes down to it, there are still certain fundamental skills that can help us all succeed. Stay tuned to hear our guest's top three skills he believes everyone should possess in order to succeed no matter what you're building. Hello, everyone. My name is Manasai, and I'm going to talk to you today about generalizing your PM skills. It's a really fascinating subject area. Uh, it covers a lot of different topics around how much of a specialist versus generalist you may end up feeling like you're delving into in your PM career. Uh, there's pros and cons to both sides. The focus really of today's talk is to think about what types of skills you have that you can master and take with you no matter what kind of job um, you're in, in terms of your current PM focus area, no matter what kind of product, feature, domain, um, thinking really about the core PM muscles that translate really well uh, from job to job and become kind of your foundation for being able to tackle any new space that you might be involved in. All right, so we'll focus by first just covering the foundation of the PM job, right? So we know that typically people um, have defined the PM job as being at this intersection of many different disciplines, right? We know it's a role that uh, interfaces uh, up, down, uh, horizontally. Um, it sits at this very messy intersection of different business functions within an organization. Uh, the classic diagram that I've depicted here is really thinking about the core uh, other uh, parties that a PM would interface with. We've got UX, your research, design, writing uh, partners. You've got the core tech team, which typically consists of your engineering manager, your tech lead manager, and the IC engineering team. Could be multiple engineering teams, depending on the type of product you're on. And then you've got your business stakeholders, uh, which is a really catch-all term for many, many different uh, functions, sales, marketing, legal, privacy, um, executive leadership. Um, it really can span the entire uh, spectrum of what basically makes up the rest of a, a company. Uh, and you're sitting at the middle. Um, you're required to definitely interface with all these different parties to keep them informed, to make decisions. I like to think of the PM job also as um, a really difficult balancing act, act between strategy and execution. Um, so depending on who you're talking to, you might be flexing one muscle over the other. Um, but overall, your goal is really in terms of moving forward the team, making sure they're pointed in the right direction getting things done, but getting the right things done that move the business forward as well. At the end of the day, if what you're working on, what you're shipping doesn't advance the metrics and the measures that matter to the business, 
it is rather moot in terms of what impact you would be having as a PM. So everyone, I think, is pretty aware and familiar of this definition of the job. The dimension that we're going to add to this is the notion of what kind of PMs um, you might uh, encounter, what kind of PM you yourself might be. Um, so there's many different types, but we're going to focus specifically on uh, two types here. Um, the first is the specialist, right? And the specialist we think about as uh, a type of PM that is extremely familiar and well-versed in a particular domain or a particular problem space. Um, and this tends to be a space that they will continue to play in uh, despite um, changing companies, changing products, changing roles, um, types of spaces here uh, that we could think of as examples, you know, uh, AI, ML, autonomous vehicles, mobile app development, uh, music technology, streaming video technology. Um, they have this healthy, healthy roadmap or healthy future of constantly being um, iterated on. Um, they are not uh, mature or declining industries um, because there is still a need um, and a growing need for specialists in this function. Um, so we can see that some PMs really focus on branding themselves as specialists and bringing a certain level of expertise with them into the domain that they're taking on. Um, it's a domain typically with a significant learning curve. So the fact that these PMs are branded as specialists in these domains creates a certain level of job security as well for them, uh, so long as that domain itself is protected and continues to be in demand. Um, I think a great example here we can talk about is actually uh, in the autonomous vehicle space. Uh, you know, if you've got PMs who come from um, backgrounds where they've maybe done um, some electrical engineering, some embedded systems work, um, in addition to CS, kind of have that mix of software and hardware backgrounds, um, maybe dabbled in robotics. Um, that tends to be kind of a really great prerequisite or precursor into going into a, a, a rather technical field, uh, at least if you're working on the actual technology that makes the car, the car work. Um, so there's very much a need for this type of role. Um, it helps these PMs also to have this background um, and join these rather focused teams and hitting the ground running. And especially as you get later on in your career, you might see that specialists um, tend to do really well um, in the higher ranks of the PM ladder as more and more uh, they are rewarded and hired for the uh, knowledge base and the expertise that they have built up over time. Um, I think you'll see this very common uh, as, as you progress through your career. The other area that we have uh, in terms of our PM job type are generalists. Um, as the saying goes, you know, these are the jack of all trades. They may not be the master of any of those trades. Um, the, it's another type of PM. And, you know, you can think of these PMs as really, really uh, well-oiled machines. Uh, they're almost PM mercenaries. They can, you know, dive into any new problem space or domain. They know how to become effective. You would think that... Um, even if they don't know anything about the space coming in, they're able to pick it up relatively quickly. You know, their superpowers are being really fast learners, asking the right questions, building and earning trust with key stakeholders, earning and building credibility for themselves as PMs who can get things done. Um, they're effective in building relationships 
And, you know, it's obvious that what they bring to the table, it's not deep subject matter expertise. It's almost uh, the counter to that. You, you don't want them to necessarily have deep subject matter expertise because they bring a fresh perspective and they recognize the patterns of general problem solving. And so they're able to apply this uh, to any new role, any new space, um, because they effectively uh, pick up on what's common. Uh, in terms of product management, you know, uh, whether it's hardware, whether it's software, you're working with people, um, you're working towards a goal, uh, figure out what those problems are, figure out what the right things to be working on are. Uh, the rest of it becomes uh, an execution challenge. But they, true to their name, generalize the aspects of the PM job and figure out how to succeed in any environment. So this is the type of PM we're going to go a little bit deeper into today. Uh, I recognize that not everyone is necessarily one or the other. Um, you know, there's definitely additional nuance here. Um, people tend to think of themselves as uh, either I-shaped or T-shaped. Um, we've got generalists in the middle. They're capable of a lot of things. Um, you could be a mix uh, across these as well, right? Um, these labels are, I think, shorthand, but not meant to capture every single type of PM that exists out there. But certainly today, we're going we're gonna to be talking about um, the one in the middle here as sort of people who are capable of a lot. Um, and the focus of, of ex this exploration is to be thinking about how to make you a stronger PM by helping you uh, figure out what general skills you can take from job to job, role to role, company to company. Just how do you keep building your brand of being a capable PM that can succeed in any kind of environment. This episode is brought to you by Amplitude, the pioneer in digital optimization software that helps product leaders innovate faster and smarter by answering the strategic question, how do our digital products drive our business? 1,400 plus customers like Atlassian, Instacart, and Under Armour rely on Amplitude's best-in-class product analytics solution to unlock insights, build winning products faster, and turn products into revenue. Get started at Amplitude.com. So we're going to focus on three. Uh, this list could obviously go on for a lot longer, but we're going to call out kind of the top three here. Um, and we're really going to be thinking about um, how to embrace these as skills, no matter where you are currently in your PM trajectory. All right. So the first thing uh, that we're going to discuss is the art of framing. So what is framing? Uh, we've definitely thrown this term around many times as PMs. I think we're all guilty of it. I like to refer to framing as your own ability um, to take disparate pieces of information, things that are not connected to each other, um, that at least on surface seem unrelated or um, rather unconnected. And your superpower here is to synthesize these different inputs into a wholly packaged perspective. Um, PMs do this, no one else really does. Um, and PMs do this in many different shapes and forms. There's no one way to do this. Um, this comes across through a combination of techniques, can be written artifacts, presentations, uh, just conversations and meetings with folks. Uh, but the more common theme here is whenever a PM starts a job, the first thing they try to do is try and make sense of 
the lay of the land, what what's going on in their space, and uh, figure out what the goals are, figure out what the problems are, identify the risks, identify the opportunity. They're just trying to figure out, you know, where they are. Uh, maybe where's the product in its arc of growth or maturity? Where is the team in terms of its ability to execute or building credibility? Um, the PM's kind of piecing all these uh, different puzzle pieces together. Um, and it's not just taking this information, it's being able to then synthesize it and tell a really good story around what is happening in the, in the space with their team's work, with the team's progress. Packaging and, and synthesizing all of this is, is the purest form of framing here that we, we think about in terms of what the PM does. Um, no one else, as I mentioned, is doing this on the team. No one else is telling the story of why the work matters, what else needs to be accomplished. Um, and again, this isn't something that a PM you know, writes one doc down and says, there, I framed up the space. It's a constant, constant practice. You're c- consistently iterating on it, whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. It's, it's a PM's ongoing attempt to make sense of the world. And this is absolutely critical. Um, as I've mentioned already a couple of times, um, everyone else on the team looks to the PM to do this, to, to have you know, enough of an opinion, enough of an insight in terms of what's going on to be able to identify where the team should go. Um, and figuring out where the team should go comes from framing uh, a problem space, thinking about it in a structured manner. So oftentimes, when you practice for PM interviews, when you're told to have a very structured thought process, to be very clear in your reasoning, your rationale, your prioritization, all these are techniques and, and mechanisms for perfecting and, and improving your art of framing. Uh, this comes up a lot in interviews, but even on the job, uh, even if it's not as pronounced or rehearsed as you know, walking through a four-step interview, uh, it is still something PMs are constantly doing, and it's absolutely a general skill that translates between any role that you might have as a PM. All right, number two. Uh, this one, I think, is is well stated in the sense that everyone recognizes the importance of it by this point. Um, it's the art of communication. Uh, everyone expects that PMs are the face of the product, right? Um, you are the advocate for your team. Um, you are constantly selling up, selling in, um, selling down in every which direction you're communicating with people. As we talked about, the PMs sit at the intersection of the organization in many, many roles. So it's super critical to be intentional about who you're communicating with, as well as how you're communicating with them. And even more than both of these, the most effective PMs are the ones who realize they must always be telling a story in the way that they communicate, constantly reinforcing a narrative. So this builds upon the point, number one, which is that you must have a frame for the space that you're operating in. And effective PMs build on this frame by constantly telling and communicating why that frame matters, where the opportunity in that frame is. Exceptional PMs are are really, really effective storytellers. They do this whether it's verbal in presentations, whether it's written in docs and in emails, it doesn't matter the exact form, but what, what you say and how you say matters a lot. Effective PMs also know how to adapt their style, uh, 
they know when to be friendly and affable versus um, or opinionated and vocal. They know when to focus on harmony and bringing people together versus focusing on conviction and convincing people and bringing out per- persuasive powers in their communication. Uh, at the end of the day, there's no one size fits all solution here. You have to find the style that's most comfortable for you. Um, and that tends to, to vary significantly from PM to PM. But the conclusion behind it all is to be comfortable in communicating in the way that allows you to convey your points and can convey them with clarity and effectiveness. Um, it's difficult to be an effective PM if people have a tough time interpreting or understanding what you mean to say, uh, not just what you say. Uh, so it's very clear. It's very important to be clear uh, in the scenario of being an effective PM. And this skill as well translates no matter what kind of PM you are. You might be the most uh, technical PM working on some very, very low level features that constantly requires communicating with your engineers, or you might be someone who's really involved with the front end only feature, partnering really closely with your designers, your marketing team, constantly doing user research. Uh, in either scenario, you're working with other, with other people. Often these teams require you to speak in their languages as well. So it's very important that you don't underestimate how you adapt your style and your language to make sure you communicate effectively. And this skill will translate 100% between the roles that you may, op- may be operating in. The third skill to call out is the art of moving forward. Now, what do I mean by moving forward? I'm referring to the more tactical or execution-oriented side of the PM role. Um, And I'm calling out specifically that the power of progress moving forward as a directional influence is vastly important. You know, on my old team, we used to say shipping fixes problems. And it's so true. On many levels, it's really, really important to ship and to move forward. Why is it important? Shipping and moving forward builds your credibility as a PM. It gets results. It improves morale and gets people excited. And perhaps most importantly, it tells you when your own assumptions are wrong. If you don't attempt to move forward, you'll never know if you're moving in the wrong direction. So the worst thing is to sit still, and to not be moving at all, and to be spinning. That's when you're in a dangerous spot of not really knowing whether you're headed in the right direction or headed in any direction at all. The most important areas of growth come from when you're moving forward and you're learning and trying new things. So it's super important. It cannot be stressed enough how important it is for you as a PM to find ways to unblock your team and make progress. If you have to hit dates, if you have to hit launch timelines, if you need to validate or invalidate hypotheses, there's actual benefit in playing that role of being a master executor and ruthlessly unblocking things that are getting in the way of your team. And believe me, other people expect this out of you. Again, whether you're a PM at the most technically complex ML company that requires you to know how to write code, how to be very, very in the weeds with the rest of the engineers, 
or you're an experience-focused PM who stays away from the code and really loves working the world of design. Both of these scenarios require you to just be able to identify where you need to get to and move the team forward. You need to rally folks around you. You need to be able to build consensus and momentum and get everyone moving. This skill is super generalizable and super critical and has to be one of the skill sets that you master uh, because at the end of the day, the credibility as a PM, as an effective PM, depends on your ability to make progress. Do it on a timely and impactful manner. So in summary, we discussed three different PM skills. We discussed the art of moving forward and making progress, the art of communication, the art of framing, all extremely critical skills for a PM. So now the question becomes, how do you go about incorporating these and how do you use it to become a better PM? What can you do tactically? I wanna leave you with a summary of the principles we covered, which is to say, these are sort of the mindset attributes to be thinking about while you try to apply these skills and framing, communication, and moving forward. Number one, and most important, I would argue, is you have to embrace a growth mindset. Attempting to be a generalist PM requires you to learn and constantly relearn no matter what product you've been working on. This means you might be 15, 20 years into your career and working again in a new product space that requires you to unlearn some of the assumptions that you made over time. Granted, there will be some level of pattern recognition, and some level of the challenges being the same, but it's a challenge nonetheless, and it requires you to adapt and consistently maintain a growth mindset. Number two, you have to recognize the importance of building strong relationships. Whether you work at a 100,000-person company or a 10-person startup, at the end of the day, you're still working with people all the time. Your best days might be the ones that you enjoyed working and making a lot of progress with a solid group of individuals and having fun doing it. And your worst days might be when you had to write some very long emails to push back and to sort through a very contentious debate with some unpleasant tones with the other people on the other end of the email. But at the end of the day, you have to be people first. Remember that you're working with people, whether you're shipping software or hardware, no matter how important or seemingly mundane your, your mission may feel, remember that together as a team, you all are trying to accomplish the same thing. So remember and keep in mind to treat other people and to respect other people well and take that as a skill set of building strong relationships no matter what kind of role you're in. And the third thing, just enjoy the actual experience of getting to build and ship things that users put, get to put their hands on, no matter what kind of product. It might be the smallest internal tool. It might be the largest consumer mobile app. Going end-to-end -end in the experience, taking an idea from just a mere concept or thought in your head all the way to a launch product that's living and breathing in the real world is an exhilarating process. And sure, it may take months or years, depending on your time frame and your set of constraints, but at the end of the day, you should enjoy it and it should be fun. It's a privilege that you get to have that kind of impact. And it's honestly a continuously challenging and 
fun experience to be doing something that taps into so many different parts of your skill sets. So why not enjoy it? Got to make the most of it. So I hope you enjoyed these top skills and takeaways. The last thing I wanted to leave you all with is a quote from a really relevant book, a great book that I would recommend uh, folks check out. It's a book called Range, Why Generous, Generalist Triumph in a Specialized World. And David Epstein in this book talks a lot about how society overall is moving towards specialization or has historically moved towards specialization, whether it's doctors, whether it's engineers, uh, folks tend to believe that uh, specializing itself is how you move on up in the world, um, which is, you know, an argument that has both sides. Uh, Epstein's counterpoint, which I think is encapsulated perfectly in this quote, is uh, we discover the possibilities by doing, by tr trying new activities, building new networks, finding new role models. We learn who we are in practice, not in theory. So embrace the growth of generalizing what you do and trying to apply those skills in different environments. If you do that, I think you'll learn a lot about yourself. And I think you'll learn how resilient you are in terms of being able to conquer and take on any new challenge that comes your way. I hope you learned a thing or two from today's talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Product Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Taking the time to write just a few sentences about what you love most about the show will help us improve it and reach even more product people around the world. And when you're done, why not reward yourself with some free product management content and resources over at productschool.com. Until next time, stay product-led.